Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest on Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Uh, let me start by welcoming our guests. Uh, we have Charlie again. It always makes me happy to have Charlie in the room uh, because then nobody says I talk too much because Charlie's here. <laughs> uh, and Eming, uh, always a pleasure when you step out from behind the curtain to join us for our conversation. Eming Piancai, our show's producer, uh, is going to join us tonight for our conversation. And our first time guest, uh, Sarah who looks like she's coming on board, is going to be helping us out with social media stuff and contributing in other ways. Uh, this is her baptism by fire, I think is I think that's how that phrase is used. This is your baptism by fire. Welcome. Welcome to all three of you. Today, uh, we want to have a conversation that we've kind of been throwing around for a while now uh, about the Academy Awards and the Oscars and the nomination process. There's some discussion now that the criteria will change or that they might add additional categories uh, for Best Picture. Uh, from what I understand, this, this grew out of people's disappointment uh, around the time that Dark Knight came out. Of course, uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman film uh, from several years ago, which was excellent. I mean, I'm a huge fan. And a lot of people thought that although it was a quality film all around and deserving of Best Picture, the fact that it had a man uh, dressed up like a bat uh, meant that it wouldn't be eligible for Best Picture. And there, there's a lot of conversation like that because the films that end up winning uh, a lot of times are artsy. They're the ones that not a lot of people saw and, and the films that people really love don't end up getting the recognition that some would argue they deserve, right? So what's the answer? Uh, apparently, the Academy believes that the answer is to split Best Picture into two categories. One for, uh, you know, quality films, and the other one for uh, tasteless drivel of the masses. <laughs> Those aren't the names that they're using, by the way, for the designation. That's just what I came up with, because uh, it looks like that's what's happening. There are a lot of examples of why this could work and why this hasn't worked throughout the ages. I have plenty of opinions about who's won Best Picture in the last 10 years alone. Um, we already had a conversation about Moonlight earlier. But... Uh, I'll start with you, Charlie, just because you really had a lot. You were like locked and loaded. You were ready. You showed up ready for this conversation, even though you didn't even know we were having this conversation. Um, and my example, the most recent example, and this is what people talk about, uh, is, you know, Moonlight and La La Land. Obviously, two very different films. Uh, I only said La La Land should have won just to be controversial because I like to say things like that. But La La Land was a great movie, uh, as was Moonlight. I saw both of those films. Uh, and enjoyed them both a lot. My prediction is that people will be watching La La Land in 20 years and maybe not watching Moonlight in 20 years. I don't know if that's a ridiculous thing to say, but in terms of like the cultural impact of a film, uh, I know that that's a controversial statement. You could say the same thing about the best picture race uh, the year that Avatar lost. I thought Avatar was trash personally, but it lost to The Hurt Locker, which... You know, Hollywood wanted to make an important film about Iraq and then congratulate themselves for it. They didn't want to acknowledge a film that was, you know, a, a cultural phenomenon, even though personally it was trash and it was just like a remake of Pocahontas uh, in my mind. You can go back and compare those. But Charlie, please, please explain to me the difference between uh, white artsy claptrap and uh, films like Moonlight and others who have who have won in recent years. Yeah, while Thank I wouldn't you. identify 
uh, Moonlight as Artsy Claptrap. I get why it was nominated for Best Picture. It had like the dramatic pacing that the Oscars likes, and it it explored uh, a seldom talked about topic in mainstream film, which is uh, like black male uh, sexual ambiguity. And that's why La La Land will have a greater cultural impact in the long run uh, and probably already has because the culture intended to be impacted by Moonlight refused to watch it because it's quote unquote a gay movie. Um, right. And what most to clarify, you're saying like a lot of black most people, black people I know, excuse me, uh, have right. not watched Moonlight because in their mind, it's a gay film. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even though there's no real explicit gay sex in it, it's considered yeah, and was marketed. Be more, there's something that might be even more uncomfortable for people, and this is a totally separate conversation, which is, you know, genuine intimacy. You know, it's not really about the sexual relationship between those young men. Uh, it's about the closeness, you know, and sometimes that can be much more uncomfortable watching you know two men develop a, a level of intimacy over you know 90 uh, minutes than than to watch a quick i'm not sure about I'm, that I, I think i think people are uh comfortable with the closeness i if you look at it like a football team or something like that it's basically uh an intimate setting we shower together like when you play football you shower together you you know what i'm saying like it's super right. intimate you have conversations and you're in situations with each other that other people aren't privy to so it's not like i don't think it's the intimacy that bothered people i think it was the idea that it was a movie that right. was explicitly designed it was part like I, I I heard this from the mouths of so many people. It's ridiculous, but they thought that it was a part of the gay agenda, quote unquote. Right. And well, so, in, uh, order, in order to, they to correct our course it. and not and, lead us um, a perilous conversation you know, about sexuality, <laughs> uh, let me ask you: How does the success of Moonlight relate to what you're talking about in terms of two new categories for Best Picture? Right. What does that create more room for and, and what does that create more problems for? That well, the the creation of uh, a second category that would then award the popular films would effectively make best picture like the elo- the electoral college. It either means you people everything or it enough. means you nothing. Don't know what's good. <laughs> you basically we'll do it for you but we'll right. let you have you know this hillbilly drivel uh over here which will be its own category exactly that's fair um e you you suggested the topic uh i know you're a movie head i also know you're a marvel head let me take this opportunity uh to plug your piece that's on the site right now which I think is relevant for a lot of different reasons. It's about comic book movies and it's about the role of women and women of color and people of color in comic book movies. Mm-hmm. As a Marvel fan, as a superhero movie fan, uh, what does this mean for you? Black Panther last year, it was like, it did amazingly. It was like the most popular thing people saw in the theaters probably. I, I, I just don't think that they want to pay money. They, they want to acknowledge it as like art I mean, I I would make the argument that that Black Panther seems to be inhabiting the sweet spot. You know, this is where Dark Knight meets Moonlight. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, 
an excellent, excellent superhero film, but also has an added level of social relevance because it's people of color. It's about set in Africa. It's like groundbreaking in that way. In which case, that could just win Best Picture this year anyway. I mean, if we're talking about arbitrary criteria, I'm sure you know, people on the panel are saying like, all right, we need, you know, this much money to be made. We need a dash of black people. We need a dash of gay. And that's, you know, that's how we're going to award what the best picture is Wait, <laughs> from so here on so, out. So you're saying you think it's going to win this coming um, um, year for, for... I'll say it right now. Yeah, I think really? I think Black Panther needs to really? win best picture. Yeah. Let's put money on that and see what happens. <laughs> I'll put money on it right now, on the air, on the record. <laughs> I'd much rather like make the wager something very interesting where you would have to do something embarrassing. But let's just say for the sake for right now, I'm on the record and saying, yeah, sure. I, I believe that Black Panther is a, is a front runner for best picture. And if you want to, if you want me to put my money where my mouth is, kind of. great, fine. Whatever you want. I'm Black I Panther, best I picture. I can't think of anything right now, but I think 2018, that's a good... I'll, I'll start the campaign. <laughs> So what? You're, but you're saying this is a way of circumventing that, like not having to confront the reality that Black Panther was, was hugely popular. That was my first thought when I read that was like they just don't want to give Black Panther an award. <laughs> they don't. I mean, if you're really, if you look at what Hollywood wants, man, like it, it should be like as I said, the sweet spot. I don't understand why they wouldn't want to do I mean, that because they could evolve themselves. I mean, is, how much of this is just a reaction to Oscar So White? You know what well, I mean? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, they they only recently start inviting hella like people of color into their like uh, committees that decide these things. They're still hella yeah. like older white people who are technically deciding it. I went and watched um, "Sorry to Bother You" with like a majority of like older white people, and they just had this, the Luke ass warm reaction to the whole film. <laughs> it was so interesting just to watch them react to the film. Where did like, you see the film? Like, what what town? What neighborhood? Uh, SF, I want to get. It. I want to unpack this. The Embarcadero. Hmm. Interesting choice. Who who the hell is going to the Embarcadero Theater in San Francisco? Me. <laughs> hey, they have nice seats. And occasionally me. Oh, do you? I mean, I'm not judging the Embarcadero Theater. I'm sorry, Sarah. I don't mean to it's, implicate people who have gone to the Embarcadero Theater. It's upgraded. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying that as a criticism of the Embarcadero Theater, but I think a lot of times you can name a movie theater and be like oh that's where you saw that like i'm in new york okay like if you told me that i went to go see black panther at the magic johnson theater on 125th street in harlem like that would really mean something you'd be like oh damn then you really saw black panther you know what i mean as opposed to like embarcadero which is like it's downtown it's not like in a community and i'm literally saying who the hell sees a movie at embarcadero not aiming you are an idiot for seeing a movie at the Department of <laughs> That's not what I was trying to say. So if it sounded that way, I take it back. Um, Sarah, wh- where are you following on this? Are you like an art-, art lover and you want an art house cinema to get its recognition? Are you uh, in both camps? Where-, where do you fall on this? So I'm in both. And I think of it kind of the difference between going to the MoMA and being like, oh, I want that art. And, oh, I can buy this at Target. And, like, everyone's going to like it in my house. <laughs> like that's where I take it and it's like oh like I go to the moment to see Magritte with my mom and she's like I don't get it I'm like but it's so cool and it's like pipe. like it's because it's a painting it's not really a pipe and she's like uh-huh and then she's like oh look there's a picture of a puppy over here like you know so I think that it's not so much that neither are good it's that you're talking to different types of people and I appreciate both because Obviously, I 
um, I went to Academy of Art. So of course, I have, oh, okay. I have to. I have to love, love, love the artsy stuff. And but I also fall asleep during movies and sit at the Embarcadero on the comfy seats. So you know, they are disturbingly comfy. <laughs> I mean, I I like this analogy of you know the MoMA and Target. Although I. I bet you could probably buy a Magritte print at Target now. Only, I feel like that's... only one though. Only one. It's only going to be Which the one, apple. The one where his face with, with the apple. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's still a Magritte. Yeah, but it's only the popular culture one. It's not going to be so any maybe, so of maybe the other Black stuff. Panther. Maybe Black Panther is the Magritte painting where his face <laughs> is an apple, and that's the sweet spot. I mean, it's kind of, the problem is it is so arbitrary. I mean, this is when you, uh, you know, decide the best of anything in a, an art form like film, which is so broad, right? Like within film, and this is why they make subcategories. It's why you can't, you know, why, why can't a documentary be the best picture, you know? Why not? Wally. Why wasn't Wally the damn best picture? You know, why can't an animated <laughs> film be taken seriously? Wally's a good movie. You could take, I could watch the first 20 minutes of Wally over and over again. I've never identified more with a character on screen than sad ass Wally collecting sporks on an why? abandoned earth. <laughs> why? Explain. I don't know, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a solitary so animal. I, I have a very monastic life. Uh, and I really appreciated the fact that while he was alone on the earth, but he still like went through the motions. He still was like doing his job and he still would come home and appreciate art. You know, he would watch that old movie and dance along and uh, all that. And, and I have clinical depression. That, that's really what we're getting at here. Is that I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a depressed man and I identify with a robot who's living on a post-apocalyptic earth. Okay. Is that's the answer you wanted? Even? I hey man, I'm, I'm, um, I'm clinically depressed and I identify with the old dude from up. So it's nothing. Boom! There you go. So, I mean, I, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is they made new categories for other types of films, right? They, they and, and that was because they couldn't accommodate a documentary. They couldn't accommodate an animated film in Best Picture because it just didn't meet, you know, it didn't meet their criteria. So that said, does that mean that you're making more room within the Best Picture category for things that people like? Or is this just like a People's Choice Award situation, which is going to be like the Grammys? You know, the Grammys are based on album sales, you know? The best is such an ambiguous... Oh, sorry. Go, 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 go ahead. The best is such an ambiguous word. It's, it's so wide and it means so many different things to different people that once you get into those subcategories, you can say this truly is the best documentary, this truly is the best animated film. But when you're saying best motion picture... Like, okay, that's so broad and ambiguous, but not always every year is there something that rises to the top. Like, I did not like Shape of Water. I was like, uh, no, it didn't do it for me. Uh, (laughs) But I like Birdman, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think I used to really value, uh, I, I used to think of the Academy as like, an authoritative thing. I mean, I guess that's what we do. We defer to authority. When I was a kid, I was like, wow, I mean, best picture really must be the best. And then one year, uh, a movie called Crash won best picture. Did anybody oh, yeah. see that movie, Crash? Mm-hmm. Remember that, Crash? that started a lot of debate in the office when that went down between Crash and uh, this movie. Was going- Brokeback oh, yeah, Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. There were, yeah. There were a lot of debates about that. Brokeback Mountain was so much. Crash was, let's just get it off the table. Like, ridiculous trash and not just ridiculous <laughs> trash because there's a lot of ridiculous trash out there that's tolerable like i saw mission impossible the other day like that's ridiculous trash 
But the reason crash is such dangerous trash is because it's pretending to be enlightened. It's pretending to offer some kind of profound parable about race and race relations and gender and violence and the criminal justice system. But it couldn't have been more tone deaf. Anybody who knows anything about, my God, living in Los Angeles or being a police officer or being a person of color or police brutality or any of the themes that they tried to address surely knew that it was 100% trash. Uh, and I, when they won, and it's, you know, Brokeback Mountain was a good movie. I'm not going to worry. It's not like one of my favorite movies of all time. It was a very, very well done film. Ang Lee's an excellent director. He got snubbed for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon because it was just too, it was too weird and Asian. There was too many Asian people flying around all over the place. You know, Ang Lee comes along and makes a movie with some white people in it. So that would have been his opportunity to get some recognition. Um, and it got snubbed for a movie that I think really had that really got race and and police brutality wrong. I, I, don't, I don't think that's unambiguous. Like, so bad that it was, like, offensive. And that's when I realized, oh, the Academy is not authoritative at all. They're just a bunch of tone-deaf idiots like everybody else, uh, and I don't have to defer to their expertise. In, in, in which case, it's kind of like, yeah, we can talk all we want. Damn. About- <laughs> that's wild. I had what? that same kind of moment. In 1980-something, when The Color Purple didn't win the Oscar. And I was just a little-ass kid. But I don't think there was a movie that came out that year that was better than The Color Purple. So when Color Purple, you know what I'm saying? What did it lose to? Do you remember? uh, Something that's trash. Yeah, I mean, I I agree that they made similar missteps early on. And I don't even know if I was old enough to remember the year that Color Purple was nominated. But I just realized, like, they make some pretty grave mistakes themselves. I don't need to be deferring to them as a source of expertise. Although I do remember when Beauty and the Beast, like, the year that Beauty and the Beast uh, was nominated, it was nominated for Best Picture. Because I don't think they had an animated category yet. I think that's where the animated category came from. And everybody thought, oh, Beauty and the Beast was so good. Why shouldn't it be Best Picture? Uh, and as a young person, I don't know how old I was, like 9 or 10 when that came out, Beauty and the Beast resonated. Uh, and I thought that would have been its own breakthrough. But uh, here's an interesting point that just occurred to me. Another movie that came out this year that might really give uh, Black Panther a run for its money, and I don't know who's seen it and who hasn't, but Black Klansman. Um, Go ahead, Charlie. Well, first, I just want to say, if any comic book movie wins an Oscar, it will be uh, Infinity. It won't be Black Panther. Really? You think Infinity won? Um, I don't think so. Yes. I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not saying Infinity is the better movie. I'm just saying that Infinity will win that work. Oscar before Black Panther. I think it's the opposite. Um, I think because Black Panther is a Black superhero movie, it can win. Because it has like an, an an added level of quote unquote social relevance, however true that may or may not be, where the academy wouldn't be attacked, where they could but, excuse themselves and say this is the sweet spot. Infinity is an Oscar movie with a purple protagonist. Like that is the only major drawback I think you would have from expecting it to win Best Picture. Like if this was. Uh, some original fantasy epic as opposed to, you know, something based on Marvel Comics, I think Infinity would be a surefire kind of bet to win uh, Best Picture at the Oscars. 
I mean, Marvel, but, correct me if I'm wrong, Marvel is just keeping Hollywood afloat, right? Like, nobody else basically, would go into the movies if there were Marvel movies. Which you know? is another part, which is another reason why I think it's highly hypocritical for them to not be given the highest accolades within the industry. We're going back to the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa thing again. It's like, okay, like, we keeping baseball afloat. Give us our shine. You know yes. what I'm saying? Um, we'll, let, we'll let steroids slide for a while until we start, <laughs> until we start making money again. <laughs> yeah, maybe Marvel is just the steroids of Hollywood, you know, that brought them out. Until, of the yeah, until, like, we have a new, um, until we have a new, like, big action franchise, probably so. There aren't many, man. I mean, it was pretty obvious to me when I saw Mission Impossible. I was like, this is this is over, man. They they can't be making another one of these. He's 60 goddamn years old. This is like, That's why I say we need like a completely new one. There's a set of books out there somewhere that some dude will read and Wait, it's not what the Hunger Games was, you know? <laughs> Hunger Games and uh Divergent. That's right, those were supposed to be no. Wait, those don't what email? What? <laughs> Nothing. Sorry, I'm getting book nerdy, and I, I'm trying to avoid. No, please, please get book <laughs> no, nerdy. No, this no, is very relevant. Well, here's here's my thing, and this this relates because you know we're writers. Uh, I was very happy to learn that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which probably will not win Best Picture, uh, was a uh, fan fiction based on Twilight. Did you guys know this? Yeah. Well, of course yes. you did because you know. Okay, all right. I didn't read maybe, it, but maybe. I knew. I got to the first like. No, I mean, no, can't read it. This is no. Shit. I don't mean of of can't course you know because you're a freak. I mean, of course you know because you're a reader, and you have you know you have your own podcast about books. So of course you probably had your own episode about this. But it was an inspiration to me to think about where you know hugely popular material comes from. Fifty Shades of Grey. Those books sold so many copies. Everybody went to go see those damn movies the day that they came out. Uh, and it was really just somebody writing about their uh, fantasies about, you know, the Firelight kids finally hooking up. Uh, well, I really wanted to ask Sarah a question because I feel like I've elbowed all my preferences from this year so far. But uh, have you seen anything this year that you like, either, you know, a MoMA-style film or a Target-style yeah. <laughs> film? So I'm going to start off by prefacing this as I only watch the Oscars in, like, middle school for the dresses because I wanted to look at the pretty things and the design and that. So that's my, like, Oscars, like. That means that you're on another level from all of us. Like, this started off with me (laughs) saying, like, oh, I stopped thinking the Academy Awards were authoritative in, you know, 2004. Charlie was like, well, I stopped thinking the Academy (laughs) Awards were authoritative in 1984. (laughs) You're like, no, I only ever watch for the dresses. I'm above all of you. Like, I just, yeah, I... I like movies. I like weird movies. I like historical, like British dramas and watching like HBO specials. Like I am not necessarily, I go to the movie theater unless someone points it out and is like, we should go to see this kind of person. I will stream it and steal it <laughs> kind of person. That's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, like I don't know how to download Cody. I figure out someone who can do it for me. Um, so for me, it's more been about the aesthetics of it, and it's become more of a political platform at this point. And kind of when I think of the Oscars, I think, okay, who's going to say what? Who's going to complain about what or use it as a, a way to voice their opinions? And right. are these 
movie opinions really what people think or is it like the electoral college where it's a bunch of people with money who know certain producers and may have incoming movie deals writing on the who gets what you know so yeah I, kind of I mean I it. It, I mean that said right okay the academy's a joke we can throw but, out the whole but at the there same are time, still like, movies that are worth there are still good movies, yeah. And like last year, my roommate and I at the time did a like, okay, let's sit and watch all of the movies that are nominated for a best best movie. And you know, I watched Lady Bird and Shape of Water and all that. And some of them resonated. But yeah, exactly. I was like, mm, she's annoying. Like, <laughs> like get your shit together. Like. <laughs> Um, and I've seen Black Panther. I like Lady Bird. Anymore. All right, fine. I said it. Okay, I like <laughs> Lady Bird. Well, no, it's all like you. You like Lady Bird? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. What? I can't like Lady Bird. Just <laughs> I'm not telling. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you that you should like Lady Bird. All right, but I am gonna tell you that I like. Well, uh, I and I reserve my own opinion. <laughs> Lady Bird was so dry; it was ashy, like. That movie needs lotion. Yeah. It was like well, that was part of its appeal, right? Like, it, the, the stakes were pretty low. I did appreciate that um, Baby Driver <coughs> won for best editing last year. That's the only thing that I remember really about last year. Is I was like, yes, that editing Wait, was good. I really liked that. that. Yeah. Uh, drive, uh, yeah, I think it's called Baby Driver. Or oh, the character's yeah. name is Baby. I don't know if I particularly like the story, but I love the editing. And I just remember watching it and thinking that. And then they won, and I was like, "Yes!" And I don't remember who it was at the time, and they were just like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "The editing was so good, like don't you remember?" And they're like, nah. "See, you you really are a film connoisseur because you're down the ballot talking about who should have won editing." But you know? <laughs> like, Baby Driver is one of those films where you need multiple categories because it's not going to be recognized for where it is genius, which oh, yeah. is its editing, soundtrack, blah 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 blah, like. I love that movie. That movie is insanely good. And it's all because of how it's edited. And the yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's what used to happen. That's part of the argument for creating this new categories because, you know, for a while, the special effects, all those technical categories, those became the default best picture for superhero movies, right? Like, basically, you couldn't say this is the best picture, but if they win in the technical categories, they're the best picture. The same thing used to happen for original screenplay. That just used to be like the best, you know, um, indie film. You know, that was the one that um, Tarantino won, you know, for original screenplay for Pulp Fiction instead of just saying, bro, Pulp Fiction was the best picture this year. You know what I mean? Which is what they should have said. So, yes. I didn't even remember. I saw Baby Driver, but I did not remember that it won editing. But I would say if it had a strength, that's the strength it had. Although the soundtrack was good. Although that's, you know, Pulp Fiction is a perfect example of how the best picture award can be like hit and miss in terms of cultural impact because Pulp Fiction does not hold up. Like it's trash today. It's hard to get. Through. But everybody's referencing Pulp Fiction. If people reference Pulp Fiction all day, every day. That movie comes think, up all the I time. Think, I think that people might reference it, but few people will actually watch it. Like I'll watch Friday right now. <laughs> People reference Friday every day, but I won't watch Pulp Fiction right now. We need we need to give Ice Cube a lifetime achievement award 
right this year right now at the academy awards for friday rush straight up and i don't know i feel like when and are talk about yet? the most profitable film of all time friday gets cheated because the entire film was shot for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. like that has to be the most profitable film of all time i don't i don't well, it has one location it. They, yeah, you know, they didn't leave. Right. They were like and, either and in the house or and on the porch. Everybody has seen Friday. Like everybody and not bootleg. Like everybody has seen it either <laughs> legally on television or you know what I'm saying? I like, think a lot of people own it cross platforms. Like we could find people in this country who have it on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, Laserdisc, <laughs> and probably own it on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> it's the cornerstone of the American <laughs> video collection. It's, it's, it's right. primary in the canon. Right. If you ain't got Friday, <laughs> fuck you doing. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody, I, I want to get some closing thoughts on this. I, I know that the Academy Awards is a way off. We're, we're premature having this conversation, but I would like to be considered... Um, as a genius when it comes out that Black Panther wins Best Picture. I just want to make sure that we don't forget that between now and then. And I will send a link of this to everybody. I'll make sure I create a little uh, audio snippet of you saying this on repeat, just so I... Can you make a GIF out of it? Just a GIF where you just see me then saying... I'm it. a genius if Infinity wins. <laughs> Bro, you're, you're something else epic. if Infinity wins. <laughs> I know, I'm like, wait, wait, Charlie, do you mean part two or part one? Or what are you talking about when you say that? Cause Whichever one that no snapped in. The first one. There you go. Yeah, Eming takes this stuff seriously, man. You can't just be throwing around whichever one Thanos snapped in. She needs much more specific designations. No, this is part two. (laughs) No, Infinity Part Two is going to win awards. Uh, Yeah, it'll win. You know. Uh, sound mixing, yeah. sound probably, editing. Probably sound, probably yeah. like editing, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Visual no, effects. Editing CGI. Nah, all the awards. Infinity 2 gonna do the Lauren they're Hill not, in that bitch. They're Watch. They're never gonna give them that. They're never gonna give them that. Mm-mm. I mean, man, we've really <laughs> set quite the stage here. We're gonna have to revisit this and do part two. Uh, <laughs> You know, whenever they do that in February or whatever, we're going to have to... Whenever the nominees come out, we'll have to bet on them and see. I mean, we're basically overlooking the fact that everything that wins comes out in December. You know, like every year, no matter what, everybody saves everything for December and then releases it right at the last minute. So here we are making lofty predictions. But I stand by it. Damn it. I stand by Black Panther Best Picture 2018. And I, I, I'll bet anything. Charlie's taking a hit from the joint right now, but I would say if he were not, he would also double down on his. Can y'all see the ducks in formation? <laughs> That's how little European matters, Russell. Go look at the ducks. <laughs> well, <sorry. laughs> All right, uh, we'll reconvene in February, okay? Or maybe at the very least when. Uh, for sure. For when sure. The, if, if when the, when the nominations are announced, and then you know maybe we can have a little viewing party together. All right, so we can gloat in each other's faces. Gotta give me a reason to watch the Oscars. When when some movie that nobody ever heard of, that nobody ever saw wins. (laughs) I'm like the homegirl. I'm a I'm a red carpet guy more more Mm -hmm. these days. Yeah. Watch those dresses, those outfits. Yes. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Uh, Well dressed motherfucker every day. Uh thanks to everybody for being here. Charlie, Charlie's Ducks. Eming, uh thank you once again 
for joining the conversation and suggesting the conversation. Very lively. I'm glad you were here to come to the defense of uh, the Marvel Universe. And uh, Sarah, welcome uh, to your very first podcast. It was a pleasure to have you. Obviously, uh, we'd love to have you back for future episodes. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Uh, feel free to check out the website, westonmedia.com, uh, where you can listen to previous episodes and also read Ming's story about the Marvel Universe. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Quest On. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California. This nigga doing a podcast on his 4G.